Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Puckcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. Nerd! All right. Thanks for joining me, everyone, for this, the 2021 SICHL Entry Draft Recap of the first round with our very special guest, Larry Fisher, who is the Director of Communications and Content, as well as the Director of Hockey Scouting for the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Leagues. So let's get started right away here with Larry Fisher. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Larry Fisher. And now Larry, Larry was formerly a Western Conference scout uh, in the WHL for future considerations, then a WHL beat writer for the Hockey Writers from 2008 to 2019, and their head scout from 2014 to 2020. And that's when Larry took it to a whole new level with UFFS, or the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, where he is currently the Director of Communications and Content, as well as the Director of Hockey Scouting. And I believe last year you were also the commissioner of the of the UFHL, which is our hockey league. Is that correct? Yeah, thanks for having me, Ian. That is correct. Uh, we have a three-headed monster for the, the commissioner and head of sport, as far as uh, Andrea Karandek is the commissioner. Uh, Nathan Bender is sort of director of... Uh, of uh, logistics, and then myself, I do director of scouting, and, and all three of us work together to, to make sure the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League is uh, as close and as realistic to the NHL as possible. Well, that's really cool. Um, I am part of that uh, Ultimate uh, uh, Fantasy uh, Franchise Hockey League, uh, as well as a couple of the others, but in the SICHL, it was the largest league I had ever been a part of when I joined, and I joined coming up on five years ago now, four years ago, I guess. Um, and we have 29 teams, soon to be 30 next year with expansion. Uh, we have about 2,500 players as part of those teams. But in just two years, how big has the UFHL or Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League uh, grown to in its players registered? Yeah, and it's been amazing, the the uptake from the scouting community. Uh, we have over 100 scouts now in the, the UFFS ecosystem. About 50 of them are hockey-specific. And all told, uh, the hockey side has about 4,250 players registered. And, and that goes all the way from 2023 eligibles or now 2024 eligibles. So three years out from the NHL draft. So this summer, we launched our futures auction for the 2024 NHL draft class, which is kids uh, born in uh, 2006 uh, up to September 15th, 2006. So you got a lot of young prospects uh, in that w draft year plus the two years out. Uh, as well as obviously uh, every single NHL player has value in the UFHL, including your your healthy scratches, your seventh defenseman, your uh, ten minute a night fourth liner. Uh, everybody has value, and 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 yeah, it all told. Uh, there's only 750 players in the NHL. There's over 4,250 players registered on the UFFS platform. So it's uh, as big of a, a hockey ecosystem as I've ever been a part of. Yeah. It's it is really large and and a lot of fun. Um, well, Larry has been gracious enough today to take some of his time, which I know he is uh, pulling him in lots of directions. But he's with his ex extremely busy schedule, he's going to review the first round of the SICHL entry draft that we had recently. 
So let's jump right into that. And we are going to start with the number one pick that was owned by the Hamburg Gladiators. That's Henry Skay. Um, so the Hamburg Gladiators are a rebuilding team uh, for a couple of years now. And that's about ready to make that jump back to the world of contenders. Some of their players they have in the team uh, and in the ecosystem for theirs are Martin Nikash, Jacob Brana, Cody Glass, Pavel Durafayev, Lucas Raymond, uh, Charlie McAvoy, Rasmus Dahlin, Bowen Byram. So they've got a lot of up-and-coming players, Jeremy Swayman and Net. But they took Matthew Bernier. Uh, Bernier's with uh, the number one overall pick. They actually traded up to make that pick from a couple back. I think they sat uh, third, if I'm not mistaken. But they traded up to the number one. Could you tell us anything about Matthew and how he fits into that group? It's exciting to, to see uh, a fantasy draft that differs from the NHL draft because it's so easy to take Owen Power first and, and mirror what happened in the NHL. So uh, applaud the, the bravery to take Matthew Beneers first overall. Uh, and when you hear the roster and you hear Rasmus Dahlin and, and uh, Bowen Byram and you see that defense core already there, it makes sense that you go forward with a guy like Matthew Beneers, who's the all-around total package. He's, you know, he's literally got the Seattle Kraken's number one center job next season. That's where he's going to be. He'll be the number one center between likely Jordan Everly on one side and Jaden Schwartz on the other. So it's very easy to see the the stepping stone for Matthew Beneers to be the, the a number one NHL center. Uh, All-around player, I don't think he's ever going to be a, a top 10 or top 20 scorer in the NHL. I think he's he's that two-way guy. A better version of Dylan Larkin is how I've always compared him. But Larkin's technically, you know, a number one center in Detroit, but you wouldn't consider him a, a league-wide number one necessarily. And I think Matthew Beneers will be that same kind of player. He does have really good speed, really good two-way ability. And uh, he does have offensive upside, but I don't think he'll ever score more than 30 goals. And I don't really see him being higher than a 60 to 65 point player. So uh, more like a Nico Heischer as far as if you're comparing him to a recent number one overall pick. Uh, so, yeah, Matthew Beneers is a, a nice piece for any fantasy franchise. And especially when you know that uh, that that spot is waiting there in Seattle for him to step in and be their number one center. Absolutely. And, and with players like Nikash around him and Brana on the, on the Gladiators. Um, he's going to have some support there as well. And as, as well in the SICHL, uh, being a Sim League, uh, it's not just the points that, uh, that are big for these guys. Like defensive play is, is a big part of it and uh, um, toughness and durability and everything. So, so right on. I, I love that pick for Henry. All right, moving on next, we have the Vancouver Island Norsemen and Matt McKinnis. Now, the, the Norsemen actually went to the finals three times actually three times in a row, uh, three times in the last five years. Last year, we introduced in the SICHL the gold rule for the, uh, for the draft. And uh, so if a team, once a team was eliminated, they started picking up points to go towards um, their, the, getting the top pick in the draft, right? Before, and before the, lottery was, before the lottery happened. So the Vancouver Island Norsemen went from one of the top teams in the entire league to last year, with some pretty good players like Matt Barzell playing in the minors, um, Sidney Crosby, uh, Adam Fox, um, William Carlson. Uh, they, they didn't do as well as previous years. So they, uh, they had the number two pick. They traded up for the number two pick. They ended up picking, they were going to pick fourth. They traded up to number two and they selected Owen Power number two. Uh, for the Norsemen, how about uh, Owen Power? Yeah, all around defenseman, uh, 
again, I don't know if he's going to be a huge power play guy, a huge uh, offensive guy, but I think he's going to be at least uh, similar to Alex Pietrangelo, who's obviously got a, a lot of fantasy value. And uh, for the Norsemen, I think you're, you're running to the podium if Owen Power is there at number two, knowing that he went number one in the NHL. And again, when you talk about Sim and then, you know, minutes played and everything else, I mean, he's going to be a, a 25 plus minute defenseman starting next season already in Buffalo. And I think he'll really stabilize that blue line because Rasmus Dahlin's a, more of a dynamic talent. He can do more things uh, with the puck and, and, and more of a creative player where I think Owen Power will be more of a game manager in the NHL, but just such a, he's going to be a, a close to 30 minute a night defenseman for, uh, you know, 12 plus years in the NHL. He's just a very polished uh, young man already. And, and, and obviously six foot five, he reminds me a lot of like what Chris Pronger brought to the Oilers in 2006, maybe not that mean streak yet, but just big, smooth game manager who will contribute uh, uh, certainly uh, points wise as well, but he'll hit so many categories and just be a, a real, uh, you know, just a, a real stable guy on the back end for the Norsemen. Okay, and so the rich just get richer with that one. All right, we're going to go next. And this was the uh, Vancouver Vipers. They picked third. Bryce Crittenden has the Vancouver Vipers. And they were actually, they they won that uh, third spot with a lottery pick. So they they would have been, I think, somewhere around the 10 or 11 spot in this draft. But uh, they moved way up. Um, they're, they're all, they're a bubble team often for the playoffs in what is a extremely tough Canadian conference. Um, they have players like Pavel Zacha, Taylor Hall, Gensel, Fabry, the up-and-comers like Zadina and Jack Quinn, Provorov and Sider on the back end, Bobrovsky and Netnow and Talbot. They picked Mason McTavish. How's he going to fit in with, with this group? And we get a little bit of hindsight here. It's nice to be reviewing uh, with the season already going because we know Mason McTavish is... Uh, Scored his first NHL goal already. He's in the lineup, so it's easy to to pump the tires on Mason McTavish. But certainly Anaheim with Trevor Zegra and Mason McTavish uh, as sort of a one-two punch there. I know there's lots of Jack Eichel to Anaheim rumors right now as well, which would really improve their forward depth. But Mason McTavish is a guy who came on strong throughout. Uh, with the OHL not playing, he went overseas. But then when that U18 Worlds tournament happened and he was the captain and he was the driving force offensively there, uh, even as much or more so than Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. I think that's what really took him from maybe, a, you know, somewhere in that eight to 12 range on a lot of draft boards into, hey, this guy's a legitimate top three prospect for this draft class. And uh, great to see the Vipers step up and take him third overall, because I, a real character guy with those leadership traits, but just a, a guy that's almost like the Kachuk brothers, just super driven. And, you know, he's going to have success in the NHL. Well, you can't go wrong with players like that. All right, number four is the Boston Colonials. Uh, Gary Graves. Now, this team was a powerhouse up to about two years ago when they completely went uh, the other way with it and into a complete rebuild. And uh, he has players like Tim Stutzla, both both of the Foodie brothers, Liam and Jean-Luc, uh, JJ Paterka, Ridley Gregg coming along, uh, Branstrom on the back end at Boquist, and Devin Levi and Joel Hofer in net. He traded back. He actually had the number one pick, I believe, in the draft, maybe number two. But he traded back and selected William Eklund at number four. Yeah, and I like William Eklund. Obviously, again, the hindsight helps. He's He's been a point-per-game player in the NHL so far. I think he had three assists in his first three games anyway. But uh, certainly one of the players that was the most NHL-ready from this draft class, I do think Matthew Beniers and Owen Power could 
be in the NHL if they wanted to be right now. They chose to go back to the University of Michigan, but they're both pretty polished players as well. But Willie Mecklin certainly is going to be a top six forward in San Jose for a decade. And again, uh, the big question mark with this year's draft class compared to recent years is what is the offensive ceiling, the offensive upside for these for these young players that uh, maybe people didn't think this draft class was as deep, but Willie Mecklin was a guy that played pro and was a successful pro player in Sweden last year. So not overly surprising that he stepped in in San Jose and then San Jose's off to a four and start. And he's been a big part of it. So I think the Boston Colonials will be happy to have him uh, join that young core that they've already got going and, and hopefully uh, they could take a step as he takes a step. Absolutely. And yeah, they've got, uh, they actually picked a lot of players in this draft. Uh, we may be talking about one or two more as we go. Uh, next, we have now this team is always a powerhouse. They traded, uh, they traded in for this pick, the Reykjavik Riders, Sylvain Tremblay. Um, so players that they have on their team: Panarin, Kaprizov, Braden Point, Forsberg, Robertson. They just get stronger here. Justin Falk, Peter Angelo, Varlamov in net. Uh, they grabbed uh, Dylan Gunther with the number five pick in the draft. What do you think about Dylan Gunther? A big fan of Dylan Gunther. I think, you know, Jake Neighbors is in the NHL right now with St. Louis. I think Dylan Gunther was the the driving force, the better player between the two of them when they were line mates the, the last couple of years in the in the WHL with the Edmonton Oil Kings. The Edmonton Oil Kings might be one of the favorites for the Memorial Cup this year. Uh, getting Dylan Gunther back. Uh, again, he had some some nice goals in the preseason with Arizona. He's a real shooter, but he, he has he can drive play as a as a you know as a driving player on, on his line as well as a winger. So I think uh, the riders are going to be very happy with Dylan Gunther and, and certainly Arizona's in a big rebuild, but Dylan Gunther will be a, a face of the franchise there uh, sooner rather than later. Well, yeah, Sylvain knows his stuff. We did a, we did a, um, a mock draft before the draft actually with him and uh, Guy Flaming, who has the Acadia Grizzly Bears. Now it used to be Another name that we cannot say anymore because he got a letter from from a certain university. But uh, we we did a mock draft before, and uh, we had uh, Gunther going pretty close to that. I think we had Gunther going uh, six. So great pick there. Uh, next, we have at number six, we have the Montreal Millionaires, um, Kazem Hussein. Now Kazem turned the corner with this team. It was rebuilding for a while, but a couple of years ago, two years ago or so. He really turned the corner. Now a big powerhouse team with Patrice Bergeron, uh, Marner, Trocek, Buchnevich, Andrei Smechnikov, Cole Caulfield coming up, uh, Latang on the back end with Ekholm and Hagen, Grubauer and Gustafsson in net. Some great golden in net. And he jumped up and took, uh, traded to this spot in the season, actually. So uh, didn't really know exactly where the, the team that he traded with would be. But he picked Jesper Wallstadt, goaltender from Sweden. And Jesper Wallstead was one of the big fallers in the NHL draft uh, all the way down to 20th. And then Edmonton actually traded out of that spot to let Minnesota move up and, <laughs> and take Jesper Wallstead. But all along, he was sort of projected to be the number one goaltender in this class and, and potential top 10 pick. That was all the talk. So I think in reality, more people expected him to go closer to sixth overall than 20th overall. Uh, but it's certainly in, in a sim league, a franchise goaltender is is huge. Uh, you know, he has some good goaltending, but I think Wallstad's ceiling is higher than the guys he currently is rostering and, and even higher than Gustafson on the way up. So uh, I like that pick. And, and again, I love to see uh, fantasy franchises really uh, think for themselves and, and not follow the NHL draft selection order as as gospel. Right. Uh, they don't always pan out the way it, 
Uh, you know, you look back even at a redraft from a few years ago, things would be a lot different. So I love to see uh, fantasy franchises really have conviction and 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 make a move to to take a player that they believe in that maybe fell a little bit in the NHL, like Jesper Wallstad. But certainly for a sim league, I think Wallstad has that uh, number one goaltender. Uh, upside and I think uh, he is the future in Minnesota by all means it looks that way and that's a team on the rise so hopefully uh, that pick will pay off for 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 taking him where they did uh, for the millionaires yeah absolutely and in fact he actually traded up again at on draft day I, I have that mistaken he was actually going to pick ninth with the with the pick that he had acquired midseason but uh, but he actually traded up from there to uh, to take him sixth so Big, bold move, and I love it as well. All right, let's go on to the Stockholm Cougars and Tom Baker. Now, this is a rebuilding team. Last year made a huge move to grab Alexis Lafreniere and the number one pick in the draft. He also has Nils Hoglander, Alex Newhook, Lucas Reichel. On the back end, Jonas Brodin, uh, Urko Vakanen, Kel Clegg, and Annette has Elias Sorokin. So... Maybe fitting that he uh, went defense with this group and he took Luke Hughes at number seven. Yeah, the the youngest of the Hughes brothers. Obviously, he's bigger than than Quinn Hughes, but still a, a real uh, two-way guy. But he he has a lot of offensive upside. I think he's a, a pretty untapped player, Luke Hughes, and certainly going to get to play with his brother Jack in New Jersey. That'll be a good fit. And the, the Devils are a team on the rise. So uh, Luke Hughes is one of those prospects that uh, I, I personally had ranked number two in this draft class behind Owen Power. They're now teammates at the University of Michigan. And I think Luke Hughes, uh, the fact he's got the same skill as Jack and, and Quinn, but he's got he's six foot two, which their dad's a big guy. It's surprising that Jack and Quinn are, are more like their mom in size and stature. But certainly Luke got his dad's size and uh, it's great to see him. Uh, he's going to be a huge player for the United States at the World Juniors this uh, this winter. And I think that'll be uh, another place where everybody gets to know Luke Hughes because he wasn't at the U18 tournament. He was injured and missed the, the U18 world. So I think that the coming out party for Luke Hughes will be the World Juniors. And I think the Stockholm Cougars will be smiling watching him uh, at that tournament in Edmonton and Red Deer uh, just in a couple months from now. Great things coming for the Stockholm Cougars, and that's a that's an excellent addition. If you can get Larry's uh, number two ranked uh, player going into the draft at number seven, that's fantastic. All right, let's go next to the number eight number eight pick, the Nova Scotia Schooners and Eric Schneider. Now, Eric and the Schooners have won the last two SICHL championships, uh, the Continental Cups. Um, he, he he's not afraid to shake things up. He makes. Big moves in here. So he jumped in. He was not missing out on his guy. He has he has players like Elias Peterson, Mika Zibanejad, John Tavares, Landeskog. It goes on and on. He actually this year has two players not rated because they did not play in the NHL last year in Jonathan Taves and Nikita Kucherov. Uh, but he also has like Marchenko come in and uh, John Carlson on the back and Roman Yossi. Just a stacked team. So he took Simon Edvinson, defenseman, also from Sweden. Yeah, and uh, he's got some Swedish forwards, obviously, with Pedersen and Zibanejad and Landeskog. So may as well keep that Swedish pipeline going for Nova mm-hmm. Scotia Schooners. And certainly Edvinson, uh, Steve Eiserman. I mean, a lot of people criticized Steve Eiserman when he took Maurice Sider at sixth overall. And uh, he's going to be a Calder candidate by the way he's playing early on in his rookie season. And and mm-hmm. and and Sider obviously went to the SHL last year and was rook- uh, Rookie of the Year, Defenseman of the Year 
in uh, the SHL. So uh, Edvinson, again, similar type player, big guy, uh, very mobile, very good skater. And people question what kind of upside he has offensively and certainly for fantasy, you know, what's he going to do for point production. But uh, uh, again, just the, 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 package the total package that he brings with his size and his skating ability uh and, and the fact that he's so uh his hockey iq in his own zone and decisions with the puck is so next level already compared to a guy like philip broberg who is a bit more high risk coming out of sweden uh simon evanson is is a much more polished defenseman uh it's just can he take that step to be uh uh, more of an offensive contributor but nonetheless uh, a top 10 pick in the nhl and certainly uh, a top 10 pick here as well Absolutely. All right, we're going to move on next to the Hamilton Steelhawks and Chris Fitike, um, or Fatik. Uh, and this is a rebuilding team. Uh, this is a team that was taken over by Chris uh, two years ago, I believe. He's got players like, he's made some moves to pick up some more established players like Brendan Gallagher and Jonathan Marsicho this year, but he also has players like uh, Jason Robertson, uh, Chinnikov, on the back end, just stacked with the young talent in Drysdale, Romanov, Calfoot, Cam York, and Jake Sanderson. Goalies doesn't have much in the goaltending area right now. Like I said, rebuilding. Uh, he actually traded back. He had he had higher picks. Uh, he traded back and was able to grab Kent Johnson. And maybe thought when he was uh, trading back that that Wallstad would still be there potentially because he he had fallen to. 20th in the NHL draft, but I think uh, you got to be happy with Kent Johnson at ninth overall. I know Columbus is really happy with Cole Sillinger already in the NHL. They're probably going to have Kent Johnson there next season. And Kent Johnson, as far as this draft class goes, if you're talking strictly offensive ceiling, who could be the highest point producer in the NHL? I think Kent Johnson is that is that player, but he obviously has a, a little bit more boom bust, but I don't see it that way. I think he's he gets that flag because he plays with a lot more flair. He's, he's not afraid to do the Michigan. He's not afraid to uh, you know, really be a flashy player, kind of like a Jonathan Druin type guy, I guess. But I think uh, when push comes to shove, I think Kent Johnson will be a more effective NHLer than Jonathan Druin. So I, I like that pick for the Hamilton Steelhawks at that spot at ninth overall. I think he was the the obvious choice there. And, and certainly uh, with the fact they're so strong on defense, he's going to be a, a nice bolster to the offense. Absolutely. Uh, he absolutely ripped it up as a 16-year-old in the BCHL as well. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Toronto Metropolitans at number 10, Chris Baker. They are right on the outside edge of that tough, tough Canadian conference, but they have uh, they have some talent. JVR, uh, Andre Palat, Kasperi Kapanen, Brandon Saad, a guy coming up, Rodion Amirov, Tori Krug on the back end, Carey Price in net. They added to that back end with Brent Clark at number 10. And Brant Clark is a guy that went to the perfect spot. He's going to be mentored by Drew Doughty and and be that, you know, Drew Doughty's successor as the top pairing right right shot defenseman uh, with the Los Angeles Kings. And I really do think that the ceiling, the offensive ceiling for Brant Clark, he might be the highest scoring defenseman from this draft class. Uh, some question his skating ability a little bit. Uh, he's a little bit awkward to watch uh, skating, but he, he thinks the game one step ahead. So he could be two steps behind with his, with his footwork and stuff, he still keeps up, and, and I think he's going to be an effective NHLer. If there's one thing we know from recent years is that uh, even a guy like Leon Dreisaitl wasn't that good of a skater coming out of junior, and and now he certainly is a, a powerful skater in the NHL. So I think Brant Clark will uh, improve his skating as he develops, and certainly in a, in a great position, a great spot uh, 
with that young core that's coming up in Los Angeles. So you got to like the fit of Brant Clark for the Toronto Metropolitans. Wonderful. All right, we'll go next to the Edmonton Supersonic and Mike Franciscini. Uh, this team's always a contender. They they were in a little bit of a soft rebuild last year, and uh, they are able to pick 11th because of it. Uh, they have players like Bor- Bo Horvat, Phil Kessel, Tom Wilson, Nikolai Ehlers, Hendricks Lapierre coming up. They have Kale McCarr on the back end, Noah Dobson, uh, Broberg, Vince Dunn, and Annette Ulmark and Cal Peterson. They took... Cole Sillinger. And there's another one that's uh, already in the NHL, already scored mm-hmm. a really nice NHL goal. So a bit of a surprise that Cole Sillinger was in the NHL at a camp, but certainly Columbus was a, a, a an NHL team that had opportunity for young guys to step in like Chinnikov and Sillinger. So great to see him having success right out of the gate. And uh, love that name, the Supersonics in hockey or Supersonic <laughs> in hockey for uh, the Edmonton Supersonic. But certainly Cole Sillinger, everybody's seen him play in in Medicine Hat in the WHL, and then obviously went down to the USHL for his draft year and continued to produce. He's got the bloodlines as well. His dad was Mike Sillinger, who was a high-scoring junior and then more of a role player in the NHL. But I think Cole has that uh, offensive skill set to continue to be a producer in the NHL, as we're already seeing in his rookie year. So uh, I think the Edmonton Supersonic have to be extremely happy that Cole Sillinger is already in the NHL and contributing, and uh, the future is bright for that young player. All right, we'll go next to the St. Louis Spartans and Sean Gallagher. Now, this is always a strong team in the uh, World Conference. Uh, they have players like Anse Kopitar, one of my favorites, um, Clayton Keller, Nino Niederreiter um, as well. They have uh, Nikita Zaitsev on the, ba- on the back end, Inet, Marc-Andre Fleury, and what a great addition to that goaltending by adding Sebastian Kosa. Yeah, Sebastian Kosa, who ended up being the highest uh, goaltender selected in the 2021 NHL draft, uh, went 14th overall, which was obviously ahead of Jesper Walsh at 20th. And here you have both goaltenders off the board by 12, which is what I sort of expected in the NHL draft, to be honest. Uh, Especially this year's draft class gets a lot of comparisons to that 2012 group where you look back and Andre Vasilevsky is the best player from that draft class by far. And I think both Jesper Wallstad and Sebastian Kosa have that potential to to be the best player in this draft class. So uh, I think the St. Louis Spartans are, are going to enjoy watching uh, Sebastian Costa backstop the Edmonton Oil Kings, likely backstop Canada. I would imagine he'll be Canada's starting goaltender at this year's World Juniors and, and certainly has the opportunity to uh, have a Memorial Cup and a World Junior gold medal uh, coming into next season. But I think uh, the one thing with Sebastian Costa is uh, Steve Eiserman isn't going to rush him. I think the Detroit Red Wings will do a good job with his development, but uh, when he makes it to the NHL, he certainly has uh, the size and the skill and the athleticism to be a number one goaltender as well for the St. Louis Spartans. Wonderful. All right. We're going out to number 13. And this is a team that I'm always picking to win it all. The White Horse Huskies and Don Morrison. Uh, so Don has players. This, just talk about a team of riches. Nathan McKinnon, Mark Stone, Matthew Kachuk uh, on the back end, Drew Doughty and Victor Hedman. And in net, uh, net, this is somewhere where that's been their Achilles uh, tendon the last year or two, but it's still a fantastic goal in John Gibson uh, and then Jonathan Bernier. They selected uh, right winger Matthew Coronado. 
And and maybe they were uh, a little upset that both Wallstad and Kosa were mm-hmm. were gone before they got to to make their pick because certainly goaltending sounds like a an area to improve. But Matthew Coronado is just going to fit in great there as far as a a guy that just produces at every level. He's not a super flashy player, but he just can tri- he just puts up points. So uh, I think he's going to be a, a productive guy in the NHL for the Calgary Flames in the future and. Again, just one of those players that uh, is very consistent and and may not be overly flashy, but you're going to see his name on the score sheet uh, more often than not uh, when he makes it to the NHL level, which might be a couple of years away. He might have a couple of years in college uh, just because uh, he is, you know, a little bit smaller guy too. So they're going to let him fill out. But certainly, again, you're coming into Calgary. You can learn from a guy like Johnny Gaudreau and and Calgary certainly has a, a number of smaller prospects, smaller players. So I think that's a, a good organization to break into as long as uh, Daryl Sutter takes a liking to Matthew Coronado. Yeah. But certainly the, the Whitehorse Huskies uh, have to be happy with a, an offensive producer like that at number 13. All right. So we're going to go next to number 14. We have the Kansas City Crunch and Kirk McRae. Uh, they, they have a great team always as well. Uh, with players like Austin Matthews, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Alex, Alex uh, Radulov, and on the back end, Aaron Ekblad, Cam Fowler, and, and, and others. Um, in net, what a great goal down there for the future. And Igor Shesterkin, they selected Tyler Boucher. And Tyler Boucher, uh, fitting that he goes to the, a franchise called The Crunch, because uh, <laughs> Tyler Boucher, that's what he does. He's projected to be a a Tom Wilson type. And one thing about the Ottawa Senators is they're really building, uh, even their prospect pool is being built around the coach. And and DJ Smith likes to play that smash mouth style. And I think, uh, you know, obviously they're committed to DJ Smith for to seeing this rebuild through and they want to put the pieces in place that he likes. And Tyler Boucher, by all uh, accounts, was a reach for Ottawa at that spot. Nobody had Tyler Boucher uh inside the top 20 even as far as NHL rankings go uh, heading into the draft. I think I had him at the end of the second round. Uh, but he's a player that is a, is a real niche player. There's not many guys that are that power forward who can fight, who can hit, uh, hits a ton of different categories in fantasy. He'll be a volume shooter still. So I think the Kansas City Crunch will be happy with Tyler Boucher, but uh, I'm just as shocked he went as high in, in a fantasy draft as he did in the NHL draft. Right. Yeah, we were, that was a big question going in is where would he, where would he go? But I, in, in a sim league, he may just fit in absolutely perfect. And sticking with that Ottawa theme, we now have the Ottawa Slammers next at number 15. They have players like Brad Marchand, uh, Jean-Gabriel uh, Pajot, uh, Patrick Hornquist uh, on the back end, Eric Carlson. This is a team that's always in it. In net, Chris Dreger, a, a player I like a lot myself, as you'll know, in the UFHL. And uh, some other players coming along as well uh, in the in the minors, but uh, he went and took the Ottawa Slammers. I just lost the page here. He went and took Zach Ostapchuk, a left winger. Yeah, he took the the second round pick for the Ottawa Senators, yes. who was actually considered a reach in the second round at that time. A lot of people were. Surprised he was the name off the board. But since then, at the prospect tournament stuff, uh, uh, Zach Ostapchuk opened a lot of eyes in the second half of the WHL season with the Vancouver Giants. Again, power forward, big body, uh, good skater for his size, uh, a, a real crash and bang type player. And again, fitting with the name, the Ottawa Slammers. And you go down that list <laughs> of that roster. I don't know if it's a homer pick, but that entire roster has 
connections to the Ottawa Senators. Obviously, Eric Carlson, Chris Dreger, or Dreger, uh, actually got his start in Ottawa as well. So a lot of connections to the Ottawa, and maybe that's just sticking with the, the theme of the Ottawa franchise has to take an Ottawa pick. And I'm sure if Tyler Boucher didn't go the pick before, the, the Slammers probably would have taken him. But uh, they reach a little bit for Zach Ostapchuk. But I, again, I think he was a reach in the NHL in the second round, a big reach here at 15. But the body of work since uh, the draft selection has turned a lot of people into believing in uh, Zach Ostapchuk's upside as a as a, a big body uh, power forward, but who also has a pretty pretty soft hands and 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 you know really a, a good skater for his size. So it'll be interesting to see how that pick develops as a 15th overall when you see who else is available on the board. But uh, you gotta love a, a a GM who's willing to go with uh, the. The, the pick that fits with the franchise as far as uh, the Ottawa Slammers taking an Ottawa Senators draft pick. Absolutely. All right, the next team uh, the next team is the Acadia Grizzly Bears. Uh, Guy Flaming, who you know, I know I know that you know Guy. Uh, so Guy is the all-time winningest uh, GM in the SICHL, the most championships, and every year is up for it. Uh, his players include Ryan O'Reilly, Sean Couturier, Mikko Rantanen, uh, Brock Besser, Chris Kreider, who's having a great start to year again. Uh, Ristolainen on the back end. Jacob Truba uh, in that uh, Tristan Jari. And he's just got too many prospects to to mention, so I'm not going to go there. He always has a humongous pipeline of prospects. And he went to the WHL, somebody he will see a lot. Um, and Logan Stankoven. And that's fitting that uh, Guy from the Pipeline show has the great pipeline of prospects for the Acadie Grizzly Bears. Uh, definitely, I, I go way back with Guy, back to the, the early 2000s uh, when we were both breaking into the, the media. He was with Hockey's Future covering the Oilers way back when. But that was pre-Pipeline show. So I've known wow. Guy for, for 20 years, uh, basically, you can say. Uh, but yeah, Logan Stankoven, speaking of people I know, he's obviously a Kamloops kid uh, just down the road. I'm in Kelowna. Uh, the Kamloops Kelowna rivalry is the biggest thing going in, in the interior division uh, in or in the BC division in the WHL. And certainly I'm a big fan of Logan Stankoven. He's a smaller player, but uh, there's no reason he should have fallen to the second round uh, in the NHL. And certainly the Dallas Stars are happy to get him. Dallas Stars owner Tom Gagliardi obviously owns the Kamloops Blazers as well. So the the connection there. But I think Logan Stankoven was a first round talent. And much like Braden Point proved all the NHL uh Team's wrong by, you know, showing that he's certainly a top 20 pick in his draft class. In hindsight, I think Logan Stankoven can live up to uh, where Guy took him at 16th overall. All right. Let's uh, go next to the um, to the Philadelphia Firehands and Norm Donovan. Philadelphia, another one of those teams that is always in it. I'm just uh, bringing up their team right now, Philadelphia. Um so Philadelphia is going with players like Joe Pavelski, uh, Steven Stamkos, Timo Meyer, Drake Batherson, a really high-end young player coming up. Uh, Sam uh, Samuel Gerard on the back end, and Jose or Shea, Jose, Shea uh, Theodore and uh, Dan Blader in net, who uh, I was just watching earlier today. So uh, he went and took Chad Lucius, Chaz Lucius from uh, from the US NDP. Yeah, the first of the Lucias brothers and the the younger brothers up for the draft this year, Cruz. So there's Chaz and Cruz Lucias, uh, interesting players. And certainly Chaz is a, a real flashy player, but a goal scorer. He shoots the puck as well as anybody in this draft class. If he wasn't injured throughout his draft year, I mm -hmm. think he would have been a, a top 10 pick. And the Winnipeg Jets stole him in this same, you know, late teens range. 
And I think uh, the Philadelphia Fire Ants will be super happy with the production they get from Chaz Lucias, providing he's a little bit smaller guy, so he's got to stay healthy. But he's the closest thing to Cole Caulfield in, in this draft class. And again, if he was healthy throughout his draft year, I don't know if he would have scored 70-some goals like Cole Caulfield did for the program, but he certainly would have filled the net and, and went higher in the NHL draft. So uh, Chaz Lucias could be a steal for both the, the Philadelphia Fire Ants and the Winnipeg Jets. All right, excellent. Uh, all right, next we go to the Calgary Mustangs and Matt Birch. Now, Matt uh, has a great team. He had Patrick Kane, Mark Shifley, uh, uh, Brian Rust uh, up front, Mark Giordano on the back end with Brett Pesci, uh, Inet Robin Lehner, um, and Nadelkovic. And he's got some really good young players coming up in uh, John Beecher and, and, uh, and some other guys back there. But he went at number 18 with Fabian Lizell. Yeah, and you mentioned Beecher, who's another forward prospect with the Boston Bruins. And Fabian Lysel, uh, a Swedish kid who came over, he's playing for the Vancouver Giants as an import in the WHL, actually scored his first WHL goal this week. Mm-hmm. So uh, a, a real high-skill guy, right? Uh, uh, a pretty flashy player. I think Boston will really round out his game, and then he'll be a, a good fit there, and and they'll hope to turn him into, you know, kind of like they did with David Krejci to a real reliable two-way guy, but certainly his offensive instincts, his offensive skill set uh, is worthy of a, a pick in the teens. And I think Fabian Lysel will be a, a real nice player for the Calgary Mustangs when he, when he cracks Boston's lineup, but there's another team that's very deep up front. And I don't think there's any reason to rush him. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually spends two years in the WHL, even as a signed prospect, but uh Fabian Lysel, uh, if he's developed right, could be a really potent uh, offensive player in the NHL and certainly in Sim as well. All right. And we're going back to Whitehorse again, back to the Whitehorse Huskies and Don Morrison. Don already selected Matthew Coronado, number 13. He's got that fantastic team I was talking about earlier with McKinnon and, and all those others. He took one of my favorite players in this entire draft, uh, Fedor Svechkov, at number 19. Yeah, and Svechkov was a riser throughout the draft year. Uh, uh, you know, coming into the draft year, he was really projected as a two-way guy. And and what he did is show everybody, hey, I can I can produce offensively. I, I have creativity. I have, you know, I can dangle and score some highlight real goals. And I think that's what really, uh, you know, got the attention of the Nashville Predators and certainly the Whitehorse Huskies. Because I think uh, Svedor Svechkov, even if he does settle in to be more of a a two-way guy in the NHL. I think the fact that he showed his offensive upside in his draft year really helped his draft stock and and fitting that he'd be a pick in the teens here as well. Okay, and then we're going to another team who was already picked in, in this draft again, with St. Louis Spartans, uh, Sean Gallagher again. And this time he went with Brennan Othman on left wing. Yeah, you got to like that pairing with uh, getting Sebastian Koss as a a goaltender with your first pick and then come back with a goal scoring power forward type guy with Brandon Othman, a really good shooter and, and a guy who can play physical, a guy that, you know, with the Rangers, I think they're going to need that type of player. He's sort of the, the next Chris Kreider type player coming up for the Rangers. So uh, he'll score a ton for Flint in the OHL this year and, uh, and, and possibly be on the radar for Canada's world junior team. But uh, certainly Brendan Othman uh, projects to be a nice piece for the future. I think a consistent performer uh, for the St. Louis Spartans. Excellent. And we're now going next to the Portland Buckaroos. And we have J.D. Caldwell here for uh, for Portland. Um, Now, he took over a team uh, just over a year ago. 
Um, and it was an excellent, actually a very good team. And he's, he's made some adjustments on it. He's going for a little, like, seems like a soft rebuild, but boy, looking good going forward. JT Miller, Dylan Larkin, Joel Erickson Eck, who's really come along. Um, Anthony Mantha and on the back end, Darnell Nurse and Seth Jones, Thomas Shabbat, just tons of uh, great players there. Uh, Mike Smith in net is, had a great re-rate. And of course he had a great season last year. Carter Hart and Thatcher Demko, he went, oh, and I just lost it here, but he went with Carson Lambos, defenseman. Yeah, and Carson Lambos and that Winnipeg Ice team, if, it, if it's not going to be the, the Edmonton Oil Kings uh, coming out of the WHL for the Memorial Cup, it has to be the Winnipeg Ice by the looks of it. I, they're both in the Eastern Conference, so I think that Eastern Conference final is going to be uh, must-see hockey this year, assuming it's Winnipeg versus Edmonton. Uh, but Carson Lambos uh, definitely didn't have the the best draft year, and some people were down on him. But I think uh, being with this juggernaut that is is the Winnipeg Ice, I think his stock's back on the rise this season. And certainly the Minnesota Wild like what they see, like where they got him in this same area in the NHL draft. And I think Carson Lambos is a certainly a top four defenseman uh, in the making for for the NHL. And you know if if Matt Dumba moves on down the road or whatever the case, I think that's a role that Carson Lambos can fill. So. Uh, a nice pick for the Portland Buckaroos. Sounds like they have a, a, a good defense core already, and, and mm-hmm. Carson Lambos will be a, a nice addition there. Okay, we're going across the pond next to the London Monarchs, and we have Michael Oram picking for the London Monarchs. We have players like Alex Ovechkin, Sebastian Ajo. You can tell that this team is always, always in it. Uh, they have on the back end Adam Larson, who actually cre- uh, re-rated excellent um, defensively. Uh, Uyghur, Ben Hutton. And uh, Noah Hannafin in net, Jordan Bennington. He went this time in this draft with Mackie Samsko- uh, Samus. <laughs> I'm going to have some trouble with his one. Samuskovich. Yeah, Mackie Samuskovich. It is a, or Samuskovich, or however, you, however yeah. it's pronounced. That. <laughs> and even that the Michigan announcer pronounces it uh, a little bit different. And I think his, his nickname was the Bison, I want to say. Or no, that was Coronado's nickname with uh, the Chicago Steel. But certainly another one of those. Uh, high-scoring Chicago Steel guys that are now uh, Mackey's and now at Michigan and and uh, going to be a productive player there and and uh, I think again I think he's a guy that uh, he's very raw I find I find he's a raw talent that has a lot of ability a lot of tools that he can build on but he's going to be an offensive player a little undersized um, but just a not super flashy but a, a really offensive-minded guy with good offensive instincts I think he'll put up numbers in the in the NHL and in Sims. So I think uh, the London Monarchs may have to wait a little while for him to, to make that jump, but I think he's going to be a, a nice player when he gets to the NHL. Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to go next to the uh, Brandon Wheat Kings and Doug Carnes. Now this, this was a rarity for us in the SICHL. <laughs> Doug rarely makes picks in the draft. He, he, especially in the first round, he, uh, he is always a contender. Uh, he, but he trades his he trades his picks away to uh, to get more established players. Um, some of the players he has: Boone Jenner, Anders Lee, uh, Nick Bonino. Uh, Nick Bonino last year in uh, the SICHL was just an absolute stud. Um, and then on the back end, uh, David Savard and Ian Cole, uh, Peter Mrazek and Net. But he picked this year in the first round, so we were thrilled that he did to see him pick in the first round. He took Isaac Rosen. And a nice pick. Uh, Isaac Rosen went higher than a lot of people expected. Buffalo took him in the teens. Uh, I had him around this range in the, the low early 20s. 
but certainly a, a guy with another one of those guys, kind of like Mackie Samuskevich, who's got a, a ton of room for growth. Like just you, you see the tools and you see the projection and, and you know, if, if things break right and Buffalo develops him properly, he's going to be a, a top six uh, offensive producer in the NHL. He's got that offensive skill set. So Isaac Rosen, I think uh, we'll see him over the next couple of years at the World Juniors with Sweden. And I think he's got kind of like Fabian Lysel, somewhat similar player. But I think uh, certainly, uh, again, like I said, maybe he won't ever play for the Brandon Wheat Kings because maybe uh, he'll be traded for a, a player who's uh, currently producing in the in the league. But uh, certainly there's going to be a bit of a wait for Isaac Rosen. But I think he could be one of those players that could be could be worth the wait, much like uh, fellow, Swede, fellow Swede Fabian Lysel. And that's that's surprising then for a, for a pick for me for Brandon. Then if, they, if there's a player they're going to need to wait for, um, they seem to like to go for it all, all the time. So, but that's fantastic. They can uh, add to that, uh, add, add to their uh, their pool of prospects, or start start adding to their pool of prospects. Okay, we're going to go next back to the Kansas City Crunch and Kirk McRae again. Uh, this time he went uh, center route. Uh, Zachary Balduch. Yeah, Zachary Bolduc, uh, St. Louis pick. And and the thing with Zachary Bolduc and St. Louis is they definitely draft forwards that uh, they draft and develop really well in St. Louis. So I think Bolduc's going to be a player there. You see what Jake Neighbors is doing uh, this season in St. Louis. And Bolduc's that type of player. Just, uh, uh, you know, he's he's got, like, he's really good stick handler and stuff too. But I think he's just got that determination, that drive, that motor. Kind of reminds me of Jamison Reese uh, in Carolina, that type of player. So, uh, a guy that I think will fill up the stat sheet, even if he doesn't put up the highest point total, he's going to hit a lot of categories, uh, both for St. Louis and for the Kansas City Crunch. Excellent. All right, we'll go back to the Philadelphia Fire and Norm Donovan again. Uh, Norm this time went a defenseman and went Corson Kuhlmans. Yeah, Corson Kuhlmans from the the Brooks Bandits of the AJHL and uh, a guy that he's not Kale McCarr. And that's, I think that's the unfair thing for Corson Goulmans is if you're uh, a high scoring, <laughs> high producing defenseman coming through the, the Brooks bandit system, you'll always be compared to Kale McCarr now, but Corson Goulmans is very much his own player and uh, very much uh, a guy who is worthy of a first round pick for the Philadelphia fire ants and a, a two way defender, uh, maybe more like a Dante Fabro coming out of Canadian junior a when he was in Penticton, maybe closer to Fabro than he is to Kale McCarr, but just a, a good all around guy that I think will be a, a steady defender for the Philadelphia fire ants for years to come. Excellent. All right. We're going to go back to the Boston colonials. Again, this rebuilding team, uh, they actually got a picture, the Gary Graves, uh, the GM of the Boston colonials got a picture just before the draft with the player that they selected because he was at a party next door to his house. And so uh, Gary got a picture with this player, Zach Dean. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, how how can you not take him? That's almost like uh, the, the blitz uh, selecting uh, Sam Darnold, no matter what right. the, the UFAFL uh, draft. Uh, so certainly whenever you can work in a personal connection to the player like that, it's, it's makes it that much more uh, fun and exciting to select a player like Zach Dean for the Boston Colonials. So great story there. And a, Certainly, uh, all three of the Zachs uh, coming out of the QMJHL, Bullduke, Dean, and and uh, Zachary Larehu as well, who didn't go in the first round uh, in this draft. But certainly, uh, all three of those Zachs, they're compared to each other, and it'll be fun to watch them develop. But Zach Dean, uh, again, another one of those players who has a good offensive upside, but certainly will hit a lot of different categories in Sim. And, and certainly, the, the Vegas Golden Knights like the upside of Zach Dean as well. Okay. All right. And we're going back to Portland and uh, JD 
And uh, JD, this is he. He'll have, we'll talk about him again later. But he went with uh, Xavier Borgo, center. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers' first round pick, and uh, obviously they traded down from from twenty to twenty two to take Xavier Borgo, and he's off to a hot start. He's he's on one of the best teams in the QMJHL this season, and and he's uh, been scoring, and he looked good in the preseason in Edmonton. Uh, again, it's it's hard to see where he might fit and how many years away he's going to be for the Oilers. But uh, you can see the skill sets there to to be a productive player. He gets the comparison to Jean-Gabriel Pajot quite often. So maybe that type of two-way player. And Edmonton obviously has a guy like Raphael Lavoie in the system. Maybe you get that French connection on a third line. Uh, provide some offensive depth in Edmonton. And certainly for the Portland Buckaroos as well. Uh, a guy that uh, is going to be a, a, a two-way player but has some offensive upside. Excellent. All right. We'll go now to the Havana Revolution. We haven't talked about Havana yet, as they were they went to the finals last year in the SACHL and uh, unfortunately lost. But they always have an incredible team with Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, uh, Elias Lindholm, Jonathan Huberdo, Max Pacioretty. I'm just going to stop talking now about their board, but they also have Brent Burns and Ryan Suter and Jacob Chikrin on the back end, and of course Connor Connor Hellebuck in net. This is an absolute team full of studs they picked up Owen Z- or Olin Zellweger yeah I thought that McKinnon team was the team to beat with head <laughs> with McKinnon and Hedman but you hear anytime you can get uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl in the same uh sim league guys uh, is, is pretty incredible right so uh yeah. the, at the Havana Revolution certainly sound like a powerhouse on paper already and uh I can't wait till Havana gets uh, an NHL team that would be a uh, uh, <laughs> awesome. I love love the name, the franchise name there as well, Havana Revolution. But mm-hmm. uh, Olin Zellweger, he has been a, a revelation throughout his draft year and certainly uh, quarterback the power play for Canada at the U18 Worlds. And, you know, Anaheim has Jamie Drysdale, who's going to be the, the power play quarterback there uh, after Cam Fowler moves on, certainly. Uh, but Olin Zellweger coming up in that Anaheim system with those young guys like Trevor Zegra and Jacob Perot and Sasha Pasujov, who is a, a third round pick in the NHL, but probably close to a first round talent. Uh, mm-hmm. So Olin Zellweger, I think, uh, in Everett in the WHL. And we'll see him. Uh, I don't know if he'll make the World Junior team this year, but certainly he'll be back there quarterbacking the power play uh, next year's World Juniors. And, and very much like a Kalen Addison type player, just a real offensive puck moving guy who's capable of, of, like I said, quarterbacking a power play. So a nice pick there for the Havana Revolution. Goes uh, in the first round in this draft uh, versus the start of the second round in the NHL draft, but certainly a player that uh, has a ton of upside for Sim. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on now back to Portland again. Portland picked up a lot of uh, of draft picks in this first round this year. Uh, And with the final pick of the first round, they selected Riker Evans on defense. Yeah, and this was a surprise pick by the Seattle Kraken in the NHL draft that they took him as high as they did as a uh, an overager, a re-entry. He, he went undrafted the previous year. And I think the reason Seattle took uh, Riker Evans there and they took uh, a, a Finnish import defenseman in the third round, who is, again, a, an overager re-entry, is they got to ice a, an AHL team next year. And they weren't right. given, a, they didn't have an AHL expansion draft. So they need guys that are one year older in, in junior that can step into the AHL next season. So Riker Evans goes a little ahead of schedule in the NHL draft, but certainly a guy that uh, showed flashes in his original draft year. And I know uh, uh, some Western scouts like Joel Henderson, uh, who's a, a big time scout with puck preps now, but he's a guy that really liked Riker Evans already in his draft year. 
uh, as well as a guy like Lucas uh, Svikovsky, who's lighting it up in Medicine Hat now. So the guys that watch uh, the Regina Pats regularly already liked Riker Evans. Now, of course, he has uh, generational talent, Connor Bedard, there to help him light it up on the power play. Mm-hmm. But uh, you look at the the picks here with uh, with the Portland Buckaroos getting two uh, WHL defensemen, Carson Lambos and and Riker Evans, both guys that project to be uh, quality NHL guys. And maybe they're closer to the NHL than some people realize. And then, of course, they had Xavier Borgo in there as well. So to round out the first round, I think uh, Riker Evans is a solid pick. But I can't help but think of some of the guys that didn't go in the first round. Uh, right. Of course, Atu Raddy, right? I mean, he was at, entering the draft. You're projected to be number one overall pick or in that conversation. He fell way out of the first round in the NHL and also fell out of the the first round here, which is somewhat surprising because uh, certainly, again, hindsight helps. But he looked really good in the preseason for the Islanders, and he's likely going to be a steal there. Uh, the fact they got him where they did. And then some other forwards that fell uh, in the NHL draft, Samu Tuomelo, uh, a Finnish kid who's a real sniper and had a real good showing at the U18 Worlds. Uh, Philly scooped him up in the second round. I think he would have been a, an option as a, a late first round pick in a lot of fantasy leagues. Uh, and 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 the list goes on. I mean, Danila Klimovic uh, was a bit more of a mystery from Belarus, but he's certainly looking good in the AHL already for Vancouver. And uh, there were a number of picks uh, forwards that went in the second round this year in the NHL draft that I think when we redraft this uh, 2021 class in three or four or five years, you're going to see some of these second round forwards uh, elevating back into the first round. Well, and <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say that I never talked to Larry about this beforehand. Uh, there's a certain team that did take Aturati uh, just a couple of picks later. I won't mention their name, but uh, they were very happy to, to get him uh, at that point. So um Larry, this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on to do this. I know we're going to have a, a lot of excited listeners with in the SICHL. Um, if anybody wants to follow you, uh, are they able to do that on Twitter or anywhere? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Larry Fisher underscore KDC uh, on Twitter, which stood for Kelowna Daily Courier, which was the daily newspaper I worked for prior to UFFS. But certainly also follow uh, UFHL underscore scouting. That's where we... Uh, I, I'm the director of scouting and I also oversee that account and I'm a lot more active there as far as uh, putting out information on on the draft year guys, the draft eligible prospects as well as the futures. So certainly follow UFHL underscore scouting. It's uh, where I spend most of my time on Twitter now. And, and another name that I, I slipped my mind when I was rattling off those second round picks that I would like mm-hmm. at the, the end of the first round was Nikita Chibrikov, the, the Russian forward that Winnipeg got at 50th overall. So I really like Nikita Chibrikov as well as... Uh, Certainly Atu Raddy and, and uh, the other Finn, Samu Tuomelo. So uh, those are interesting picks that slipped out of the first round in, in this draft that I think uh, in a few years' time could rise up. But certainly, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter at UFHL underscore scouting and, uh, and, and keep an eye on the UFHL as well, which is uh, uh, th- that's the handle for, for the league is the UFHL. So uh, great to have Ian in the UFHL. And, and certainly I know we've been bugging Guy Flaming for a while too. So maybe... Uh, <laughs> Maybe we can coax him over eventually. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if if you guys want to do anything with scouting, we have some we have some people that really know their stuff in here in the SICHL. So if you do want to do anything with scouting, it's a great place to get started with that as well. Because we have we have a lot of uh, actual scouts uh, that are scouts in the UFHL as well as uh, GMs of different teams. So um, yeah, that's a great idea. And thank you again, Larry. Um, absolutely fantastic review of the of the players that went um i know everyone will be super excited so thanks thanks for coming on 
Yeah, thanks again for having me, Ian. And certainly the next big thing for for the UFFS ecosystem is the the ultimate fantasy world juniors. If we can plug that, uh, follow the UFWJ on Twitter. We're doing a dynasty league for the world juniors. We're going to sell 10 franchises that represent the 10 countries in the world juniors. And uh, you're going to keep those players that... Uh, return to the world juniors year over year you might have a protected list for some futures as well but if you if you want a, a vested interest in in the world juniors this year you definitely want to get your hands on a ufwj franchise uh in the uffs ecosystem all right thanks that that will be really neat i know that we uh we follow the world juniors um religiously in here so so that is wonderful thanks for sharing that with us and uh i'll talk to you soon Thanks, Ian. Yeah, November 20th and 21st will be the franchise auctions for UFWJ. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right. Larry Fisher from the UFFS. Thanks, Larry. Great stuff. Hey, I'd like to apologize to anybody who said whose name I uh, pronounced incorrectly. I know I started off with Henry Ski, mispronouncing the, Henry's last name. So Apologies to him and, of course, to any of the players that I uh, mispronounced. If you have any ideas for the podcast, please get them into me at SICHL Rockies on Twitter. And if you'd like to be on the show, you can uh, DM me there as well. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully be back in just over a week where we will have a free agency frenzy episode. So uh, hope to talk to you real soon about that one. And have yourself a great week.